12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining me on the show today is Rahat Kapoor, editor in chief of Esquire Singapore. She was a part time bartender while being a management consultant, and now she's moved into her editorial role. Rahat, welcome to the show. So good to have you on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. Finally, we are doing this interview. And I say this to a lot of guests over the years because we all meet at multiple events because we work in the media and we have a lot of places to be, people to see, and so on. But, you know, let's start right at the beginning of your journey. You went to university and you studied business management and then you were a management consultant. But this story that you told me about being a part time bartender, how did that actually happen? Yeah, so much like very many other people who end up in the corporate world, I did a business degree, did a business law degree, actually, both very serious topics, went off to join management consulting, also a very kind of serious profession, and ended up working there for a number of years in a big uh, multinational consulting firm. Obviously, it's a bit of a stressful job. You're working sort of crazy hours most of the time. And I had just moved to Sydney from Melbourne where I had grown up. And part of that was me just wanting a little bit of escapism. So I started going to these bars to actually escape from after work and you know have those after work solace drinks and befriended a few of the bartenders. And since I'd worked in hospitality, they started giving me drinks to mix as a bit of a stress relief. And the next thing I know, I was part-time bartending on, on my weekends. What was your biggest takeaway or your highlight from that time? Definitely that bartending is a lot harder than it looks. And the skills that it takes to manage multiple people coming at you at once with a lot of angry demands for alcohol is a real struggle. And I think some people in the corporate world would do well to be humbled by having a guest bar shift because I think it would help us to learn a lot of skills about what it actually is like to manage a lot of stakeholders in a very short period of time. Yeah, and now that you're on the other side of the bar, can you sort of sympathize with the bartenders every time you go and order a drink? A hundred percent. I have never, ever not been willing to wait in line anymore because I completely and 100 percent resonate with that stress that's going on on the other side. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about you and your role in journalism. Growing up, who were some of the journalists that you really looked up to and that inspired you to, you know, take up this career path? I grew up traveling a lot because of my parents' jobs and we lived in a lot of different countries and as part of that travel was a huge element of it. So I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms and one of the key aspects of hotel rooms is watching CNN. So I think CNN really played a huge role in my journalistic influence. In essence, I grew up watching people like Anderson Cooper, like mm. Christian Amanpour. I watched BBC Hard Talk. That was another one. And I also was really encouraged, I think, to have a worldview of journalism by my parents who were very informed and kept us informed as well. So for me, I really think the people I admire, and now today when I look at who I follow and who I admire, I think people like Ronan Farrer from The New Yorker who put time, effort into investigating stories and using them still as a platform to bring justice and in particular to bring to light conversations that other people might be uncomfortable having. So there's a multitude of great journalists, but I do think that um, finding a great journalist today is also harder than it's ever been before because the content field is so crowded. 
everything has changed. The whole landscape has significantly, you know, moved on from there. You have social media, you have different ways that we consume content every day of our lives. But this story gets even more interesting because you were a management consultant, a part-time bartender, and then you started working in Singapore. So what were those initial years like when you first landed here? Yeah, I had actually moved with an ad agency, uh, still working within their consulting division. And somewhere along the way, I came across a PR project that I got asked to do, and I had a background in PR and journalism. So I went ahead and did it. And fortunately for me, it went really well. So my boss at the time was really lovely and actually offered me a chance to move into PR, which was really more of my passion. And I ended up taking on the head of PR role. And as part of that, of course, you end up meeting great publications and a multitude of great journalists. So as part of that, I just ended up coming across my next venture. But I have to say, I don't think I would have had the same anywhere else except for in Singapore, because since I've landed, the amount of positivity and reception that I've received, not just to my passions and my dreams, but also to my skills, is incomparable to probably anywhere else in the world that I've actually experienced. Yeah, and we had this conversation, I think, when I last met you in Nobu. We said, in Singapore, we're incredibly blessed. A, it's a small country, and B, there's so many different opportunities. You get to meet people from all the publications, all types of media around you, and you're just put together in a room, whether it's tastings or briefings or events and so on, and that just makes life so much easier, which takes me to my next point. You were roped in then to be the editor-in-chief at Bureau. So what was that like, you know, stepping up to a more senior role in journalism? Honestly, the most scary thing I've ever done. I've been in a room full of many CEOs in the past and CIOs and done all of that in consulting. But I think there's something about stepping into the realm that you're incredibly passionate about and having responsibility in that realm. Because for me, it wasn't just about the responsibility of my role. I, I was both the editorial director and the publisher. So I also looked after the business side of things. So that carries a huge responsibility. But more widely, I think when you're passionate about something, it has meaning in terms of how you contribute to it. And for me, as someone who reveres journalism and the art of it, I want to contribute something positive always. I want to leave a mark on the profession that's profound and helpful to other people, just as others have done for me in the past. So I think it was a heavy step for sure, but also the most alive and passionate I've ever felt about what I'm doing for a living. So it really comes with this dichotomy of emotions, but it's probably the most rewarding career that I could have asked for at this stage of my life. It's no easy step jumping into that role, editor-in-chief at a major publication and of course there will be challenges but you thrived despite the pandemic what was it like actually working for bureau during the pandemic because a lot of your everyday life completely was flipped upside down absolutely i think being in a uncharted territory in terms of a new profession alongside that not being able to have the day-to-day -day interaction with colleagues or with people that you normally would get to lean on during such a transitionary period was definitely a challenge but if there's one thing it taught me it's that your team really matters and luckily for me i ended up working with a great set of people at bureau and secondly it just taught me that at the end of the day, what we do is so wonderfully important in its own way, whether we're lifestyle writers, whether we're fashion writers, whether we're journalists that break the news. I think there's a real role for information and people devoured information during the pandemic. Content became a really new format of self-expression and invention. 
So I actually think that the the pandemic actually helped me teach myself and those around me that journalism is actually much more available and much more important than people think it is. Yeah, we're in conversation with Rahat Kapoor, editor-in-chief of Esquire Singapore. She used to be a part-time bartender while being a management consultant, and now she's thriving in her role as editor-in-chief at Esquire. Your first issue for the publication had Volodymyr Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, on the front cover. Now, I saw multiple images of that first issue across social media. And at the time, I mean, given what we're living through right now, was it a no-brainer to put him on the front cover? Honestly, for me, I think it was a very personal decision. Um, I grew up in Ukraine and spent a couple of years of my life there and was really nostalgic about the amazing experience that I had with the most hospitable people and the warmth of the country. And it broke my heart to watch everything unfold as it was. I also think that with Esquire, it's always been and will remain to be one of the most uh, introspective and interesting publications in that we're never afraid to step into an interesting controversial topic but do it from our own lens not for the sake of sensationalism not for the sake of blowing things out of proportion but really to draw light in a unique way to the conversations that are occurring around certain topics so for us it felt almost tone deaf to not address what was happening in the world because the men and women who read Esquire and and our audience in general they revere us for our ability to bring them interesting insight on what's happening whether that's in politics whether that's in fashion whether that's in food and culture so it almost felt like what you said it was absolutely a no-brainer but it just helped so much to have that positive personal touch to it in that I really wanted to draw out the fact that I had also lived there and I felt very passionately about it. Yeah, as a journalist, you should never be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and, uh, you know, head into the unknown because that's where you usually uncover some of the best stories, particularly for your readers out there. There are a lot of perks that come with your job. You got to go to multiple events and fashion (laughs) events and there's a lot of perks, right? As I mentioned earlier, what are some of your personal highlights from your time, not only as editor-in-chief of Esquire, but also with Bureau? This is going to be a really cheesy answer, so please, please don't flag me down on this. But in all honesty, the biggest perk of all is getting to meet really interesting people. Of course, I'm not going to lie, there are wonderful products and we get to review so many cool things. We get to travel great places and that's very interesting. But all of that can feel very singular or isolating if we're not enjoying it with anybody, much like anything else in life. So I do think perhaps the most interesting thing for me so far is getting to access a whole different set of people, particularly creative minds, especially coming from the corporate world where, you know, you meet very similar minded people. So for me, it's been a huge perk to actually be able to step into a room, have a conversation with people who think differently to I do, and to be kind of enriched by the perspective of what they do for a living versus what I do for a living. Yeah, we do meet some great people across the industry. And it's so nice every time we go out, particularly now that the restrictions have eased out a little bit, can hang out in bigger groups. And it's all about the group at the end of the day. And we've talked about this whenever we go to these events. It's the group that you surround yourself with that really help you out for the rest of your time here. But the perks of being an editor-in-chief, there are also challenges that come with it. What's been your biggest challenge so far that you've had to overcome? For me personally, the biggest challenge is learning to trust yourself when it comes to 
what story you'd like to tell. And I say that because as we were discussing before, there's a multitude of content out there. There's there's no shortage and every story can seem incredibly interesting. But also we do live in a culture where it's very easy to be swayed by the different agendas that we see, um, whether they're positive agendas or negative agendas. And sometimes we really want to step up and play a role in advocacy and in shining a light on people's thoughts and issues. And other times we need to tell a story the way that we need to tell it. And I think for me, it's a process of learning to trust yourself. I do think there's a lot of sensitivity now that that you need to handle things with. And I think rightfully so, because for so long, we haven't approached topics in that manner. However, having said that, I do think as editors, the unique challenge we face today is trusting our gut enough to know that something is compelling, something is interesting. We can tell the story through our own lens without alienating the people that may not resonate with it. So that is really the crux of trying to keep that journalistic objectivity alive, you know? And that for me is the constant challenge that I battle with. Yeah, it's not only stories that might seem interesting to you, but it also has to be just as interesting to your readers as well. Before I let you go, I have to quickly ask you about your trip to Australia a few months ago, actually. You went and saw your family, I think for the first time in two years, actually, since the pandemic started. What was it like to go back? Because I know it wasn't easy. You had to do a little bit of quarantine. You had COVID at the time as well. But just to see family, be around all that support, your main support system. Tell us a little bit more about that. Honestly, my family is the reason I can do anything that I can do. And I really can't talk about it more than that without getting emotional, to be fair. Um, But my parents and my sister are probably my bedrocks. And the reason why I've been able to move thousands of miles away from Australia, where I'm originally from, and be here and pursue my passions and my dreams. So it was elating to see them again and um, even though I did end up having COVID after two years of not having COVID while being in Singapore I got to spend that time isolated at home with them and they ended up getting COVID too obviously which was inevitable but it was really just the most wonderful time spent together and I think for me it really reiterated why I do what I do and who I do it for because without the support of the people who love you sometimes things just lose their purpose. And so I'm really lucky to have a great set of family and also great friends who support me. Yeah, the trip was completely worth it. And we saw that from your Instagram stories and your posts (laughs) as well. Just so good, the fact that you were able to go back when you did and, and get that quality time after being apart for so long. We've been in conversation with Rahat Kapoor. She's editor-in-chief of Esquire Singapore. Thank you so much for your time joining me on the show. Have a great rest of the day, and I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thank you. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.